0: You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning, everyone up at the mills. It's good to be with you this morning via this uh, videocast. And, and uh, I just wanted to uh, encourage you, if you get the opportunity to meet our new visual communications director. You just saw a little bit of his artwork right there in the bumper video. It's good to have Jeremy and Lindsay Wright on the team and uh, they're a great addition, we're glad to have them. Today we're beginning a new series, we're calling it Impact, and for the next several weeks we're going to take a look at, uh, go deep in the passage in John chapter 15. So if you please turn there in your Bibles with me, and we'll just jump right in. This is a, a, a familiar parable, and uh, we'll be reading in just a minute, but it's about farming, It's been a tough year for farmers out in the Midwest. Uh, They say that it's the worst drought in 56 years that they've had. And Missouri, Illinois, Kansas, and Nebraska are in, in really tough conditions. We haven't had it that bad. We had a season of drought, but it seems like all of our local gardeners have been doing well. And How many of you are gardeners? I want to see. Raise your hand up. Wow, that's great. I hope you've been doing better than the farmers out in the Midwest because we've had a little more rain, or at least you can control the water on your garden if you have a hose. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm thankful for for our gardeners. This is the time of year where it's all, all your work is paying off, and I I love the local gardeners because they usually plant more than they can eat, and then when this time of year comes, it's like I want to show off my stuff, and so they bring it around and. On behalf of all the moochers like me out there, we just thank you so much for all your hard work and and uh, and sharing your the fruit of your labor with us. Um, the goal of gardening is just that: it is the fruit of our labors. It is it is the produce that we make. The whole farming enterprise is about the yield, about the produce, the fruit. And if there was none of that, they who would do the hard work of gardening and planting? reaping God is a farmer did you know that God has planted people we are his garden and God wants to produce in us fruit you and I were created by God to produce fruit and that's what this series impact is all about God wants his people to have an impact God wants you and He wants me to be fruitful in all the right ways. And so that's why this month we're going to go deep in this passage and explore the the ideas that, that this raises for us. What kind of fruit is God looking for? We're going to be asking. What's the nature? What's the quality of that fruit? Where does this fruit get its nourishment? Where does it get its flavor and its appeal? Today we'll be talking about the source of the kind of fruit that God wants to produce. And, and how is this fruit supposed to grow? How does it multiply? How does it grow? What's the quantity of that fruit? So we're going to be asking some of those questions over the next several weeks. But today we're asking the question, how do I, how can I have an impact? So in your Bibles, John chapter 15, I want to begin with the first five verses there. Follow along as I, as I read. Now you know what, read it with me. I like it. Let's stand together. Stand at the mills. Let's read it out loud together. Come on, everybody stand. I know, you just sat down. It's time to get in shape. We're going to get you up and down. We're going to be like, well, I shouldn't say that, you know. (laughs) Kneeling, standing, sitting. We'll get you all your exercising around here. All right, so uh, let's read this out loud. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches." Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. You may be seated. Here's the big idea. The one non-negotiable for you to have an impact is that you must stay connected to Jesus you must stay connected to the vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. Jesus is the vine. Let's 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 take a look at that for just a second. He begins, I am. Now this is the last of seven great I am statements in the Gospel of John. John the writer here says that Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he says here in his last message to his disciples around that last supper where he's eating and partaking of that last meal, the fruit of the vine with the wine that he shared with his last, uh, the cup that he shared with them. um, He's talking about, I am the vine. I am the vine. Now, what do these I am statements mean? What do they mean? What 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 do they mean to you? What do these I am statements say to you? What they mean to me is that John wants his readers to understand that, that Jesus is it. I mean, Jesus is, is, is our everything. He's our nourishment. He's our guiding light. He's our way. He's our protector. He's our provider. He's the giver of life. He's the sustainer of life. Jesus, in all of these I am statements, is being portrayed by John as the thing, it, for all of us. In other words, John wants us to walk away from reading his explanation of Jesus with the sense that if you're looking for somebody to lead you to a better way of life, who can give you a life with purpose, with meaning and impact, and all that your life is supposed to have, look no further than Jesus. Look no further than Jesus. He is all that we need. He is what we need. Notice the word, the scandalous word. He says, I am the true vine. Now, this is really interesting. If there's a true vine, then then who's the false vine that he's talking about? What did he mean when he said to them I am the I'm the true vine who's the untrue vine The people who heard Jesus said this would have known exactly what he meant because he was talking about the people of Israel who were supposed to be the true vine You see throughout the Old Testament the vine the grapevine was a prominent metaphor prominent symbol for the people of Israel In fact above the gate of the temple, right there in the heart of their religion in Jerusalem, were, were uh, golden vines that were designed above the gate. Beautiful, huge golden vines, grape clusters, the size of a, of, a, of a person, the size of a man. Because they symbolized what God was supposed to do through Israel by planting them in the promised land. Time and again in the Old Testament, Israel was likened to a vine. In fact, Psalm 80, one of the examples. Psalm 80, verse 8 says, We were like a grapevine that you brought up out of Egypt, and you chased other nations away, and you planted us here. And then you cleared the ground, and we put our roots deep, spreading over the land. So, so that's the point. Here, Here is God's people are described as this vine that God wanted a plant that would grow up and be fruitful so that all the other nations would be blessed. That was the plan that God had for Israel uh, when he brought them up out of Egypt and planned them in their own land. And the whole purpose of their redemption was that they would bear fruit for God's pleasure. If you're familiar with the story of the Old Testament, you know that even though Israel was planted by the Lord, Israel didn't produce the fruit that God had wanted. They didn't become what they had intended, God had intended for them to be. In Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 21, Jeremiah says, I planted you a choice vine entirely of pure seed, God says. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine? In other words, I planted you to be a certain kind of vine, but you, you, you became something other than that. You became a wild vine. So, by and large, the, the, the Lord didn't find the fruit that He was looking for in Israel, His beloved vine. And, and the, so, Israel was the vine that proved false. So, when Jesus says, I am the true vine, when He's making that claim, it was scandalous, it was unexpected. And basically what he's saying is that he was now the faithful and true Israel. Where the people of Israel had failed to produce the fruit that God was looking for, Jesus succeeded. Where the people of Israel fell short of God's righteous requirements, Jesus succeeded. Though the people of Israel uh, bungled the mission that God wanted for them to be a blessing to all the nations, Jesus says, I'm going to get the job done. And I am the new vine. I am the true vine. There's another place where Jesus says, it sort of changes the metaphor a little bit, where it talks about you don't put new wine into old wineskins because they'll burst. Jesus will talk about being the new wine. He's talking here about I'm the true vine now. And he is saying, out of me is going to grow a new fruitful produce that will become what God intended Israel to become. It's the new Israel that God, that Jesus is saying that we are becoming, and we are now becoming grafted into the vine. Does that mean that God didn't care about Israel anymore? No, no. But God's plan for Israel, as it is for all nations, all people, is that they would come to him through the vine of Jesus. So, he's announcing that he is that new new vine, and he's representing Israel the new people who are going to make an impact for God's glory. But notice he goes on and says, I am the true vine and you are the branches. But he goes on in here to describe two different kinds of branches. He said that there are fruitful branches and there are unfruitful branches. And really the question I think we need to ask ourselves, the penetrating question I think that the Holy Spirit can only ask you and hold the mirror up and say, okay, which kind of a branch are you? You're one of these branches that are attached to Jesus. Are you becoming a fruitful branch or are you becoming an unfruitful branch? Do you produce the kind of fruit that's pleasing to God? And and how can you be sure? How can you know? You see, there's only one difference between fruitful branch and an unfruitful branch. And that's where verse 4 says, remain in me and I will remain in you for a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me so so fruitful branches the key to fruitful branches is abiding in Christ abiding remaining in Jesus and that's the most important thing that we the branches can do is stay connected to the vine Only a branch that receives its life-giving sap from the vine is going to be able to produce the fruit that that vine wants to produce. Our responsibility is to stay connected to Jesus as Jesus says that he will remain in us and be connected to us. The problem is that Most people live as if they are independent vines. We don't see ourselves as branches into the vine of Jesus. We see ourselves as vines, and we want Jesus to be one of the branches that are connected to us. You know what I mean? We have our goals. We have our dreams. We have our desires. And we think that if we could just plug Jesus into us, then he's going to help us grow into the, reach the goals that we want. We, and that's what wrong religion is all about. It's all about getting God to do our bidding, making God be the fruit of our labors. In other words, we want God to bless the fruit that we want to develop rather than saying, God, what's the fruit that you want? We need to tap into you as the source. So we act as if we're independent lines and God's supposed to tap into our truth and our way and our goals to help us make our impact for the causes that we want. As if God exists to please us rather than we exist as branches in the vine out of which flows God's fruit. Do you do you get the big difference there? Uh, and I think that's one, one way of talking about you know, people living as independent lives. The other, I think, is sort of a, a trap that many Christians get into that really want to produce the fruit of Jesus, and that is we become independent vines because we think that we can do it in our own strength. We think that we can please God without God. We, we, we fall into the works trap. We fall into the idea that, man, if I can just produce enough fruit, then God will be happy for me then God will like me. If I can just do enough things for God, if I can just do enough good, then I can make God, you know, be pleased with me. And we don't realize that the only real beneficial fruit that can be developed has to come out of a a flow of being attached to Jesus. It's the life of Jesus in us. It's not our life trying to please Jesus, to get Jesus into us. But we're not these autonomous vines. We are just branches. And as branches, what is the most important thing that we can do? It's simply that. Stick with Jesus. What, what happens to the unfruitful? He talks about the fruitful branches. He talks about the unfruitful branches. Notice what it says here in the first six verses about the unfruitful branches. He says, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. A branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone that does not remain in me, verse 6, is thrown away like a useless branch and it withers. And such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. Wow. Can we really do nothing apart from Jesus? I mean, come on. We can do a lot of things without Jesus. Right? We can do a lot of things without Jesus. We can go to school. I mean, we can fall in love. We can get a career. We can raise a family. We can make a lot of money. We can invent things and climb things. and make. We can do a lot of things without Jesus. But I think this is really the point of what Jesus is saying here. Apart from Jesus, we can't be right on the inside and from the inside out. You see, all the external props, all the trellises that we can build around us to support us cannot produce the fruit if we're severed from the vine. Does that make sense? You can do a lot of good works mixed with bad motives. You can do a lot of good things that don't last. In other words, only the things that come out of of our being attached to Jesus with the right motives, with the right goals... And none of us are perfect in this, uh, but we must be connected to Jesus in order to bear the fruit that God wants us to bear. Only Jesus can make us right from the inside out. We can look pretty good on the outside. We can do a lot of things apart from the fruit of righteousness, I mean, apart from God, but it's only through Jesus that we get this fruit of righteousness that comes. You know what I mean? Only as we tap into Jesus can we be made right before God. Branches can't do that. Only the vine can produce that internal fruit of obedience and right living and right motives before God. Jesus said, remain in me and I will remain in you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. And and all I can say is that it is the life of Jesus in you that produces fruit through you. So if we don't have the life of Jesus in us, all of those external props, great accomplishments though they may be, are not going to last. At the end of the day, everything we do apart from the vine is not going to last. Only what is done by the power and the, and the energy and through the life of Jesus in us is going to make a lasting impact. But notice even fruitful branches get pruned. Fruitful branches get pruned. They don't get cut off and thrown into the fire, but they get cut back. This pruning process isn't an enjoyable process. Vines are pruned in the winter, I hear, when there's no fruit on the vine. The branches that haven't produced any fruit, they're broken off, they're cut back, they're thrown. But even the branches that produced fruit are cut back. Why is that? Why is that? Because you see, vines keep growing and spreading and they, they have shoots that grow off, they have twigs that grow off, they have leaves that grow off of them. And the more other things that are attached to that branch there are, the less sap gets to the fruit. If you want the sap to get to the fruit, you got to be lean. <laughs> you can't have a lot of distractions. You can't have a lot of other things that get in the way or take away from the fruit of the vine that feeds it, the sap that feeds it. So what's blocking you? What's blocking your connection to Jesus? What's distracting the work of Christ in you from developing the fruit that your life is supposed to develop? What is it? What are those things that you know that are not adding to your righteousness but only subtracting from it? What are the things that are that are distracting you from being obedient to Christ, that are keeping you from being that person that you know and that God wants you to be. That those are the things that God wants to prune. You're a fruitful vine, but you could be more fruitful if you could just allow God to prune those things. But pruning is a is a painful process, it's a it's a purifying process. But that's what God does. He, he brings his people through those painful, purifying circumstances. Pure, like I said, pruning is done in the winter, in, in the times when we don't feel like there's any fruit going on in our lives, when we feel like things that are dead and we feel like we're no good. That's where God can, can seemingly do his most important work. It's not in the summer growing seasons. It's sometimes in the winter seasons where we feel most unfruitful, where God takes out those shears and he starts to snip away at those things that we know are keeping us from growing in the way that God wants us to grow. We're in, we we instinctively assume that hardship is God's way of punishing us or rejecting us, but really Jesus is telling us that the painful pruning is is not punishment, but it's God's hand of purifying us and, and making us stronger. How do you know when God is pruning you? How do you know? I think the answer is when it makes us more dependent upon the vine for life and for strength, we know that it was a pruning process. When When what it does is it causes us to To tap in harder to Jesus, to hold on more to Christ. When the props are taken away, when the distractions are removed from you, you need that which is going to hold you up. So when your health is taken away, when your finances take a hit, when somebody does you wrong, when you feel that sense of desperation and you realize that now there's only one that's always going to be there, that's never going to leave you or forsake you, that's going to be with you no matter all you have or none that you have. That is the pruning hand of God helping you to realize that Jesus is all you need and that you can now lean on him harder and deeper. How many of you have been pruned before? Amen. Amen. We never pray to be pruned oh God no our prayers are always the opposite but God loves us so much that he does this to us and for us in Hebrews it says for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Whew. Can you say, Thank you, Jesus, for pruning me? Oh, thank you, Jesus. That takes great faith to say that. Thank you, Jesus, for pruning me. Oh, my. Say that again. Thank you, Jesus, for pruning me. That's hard to even get out, isn't it? Jesus, I'm mad at you for doing it, but thank you, anyhow. <clears throat> What do you do with that? What do you do with that? (sighs) Branches are going to bear fruit if they remain in the vine. And the more heavy things that are weighing you down, pulling you away from the vine, the greater the chance that you may be severed or the greater the pruning process will have to be for you. You see, a lot of people read this passage and I think that they sort of go in a wrong direction. They'll, they'll read it and they'll think, oh, you need to check your life for fruit. If you don't have enough fruit in your life, you're not going to be, you're going to be cut down, you're going to be thrown in the fire. If you don't produce enough for God, you're going to be thrown into hell. You better get out there. You better roll up your sleeves. You better start working so hard. You better start producing fruit or God's going to punish you. And that's how they read that passage. But that is missing the whole point. Jesus is making it clear here that we cannot produce fruit by ourselves. We must only and forever produce it by being, not by trying harder, but tapping in deeper to Jesus. By tapping in deeper to Jesus and letting the life of Jesus inside of us have free flow. Letting the life of Jesus grow into all the different parts of our lives. That's what the point is. It's not simply, you better get your fruit on. If you want to bear fruit, you only have one option. And it's not to work harder. It's to remain in Jesus. It's to remain in Jesus. So how do we do that? How do we abide in Christ? How do we remain in Jesus? How do you stay connected to Jesus is the question. Well, it's assuming, first of all, that you are connected to Jesus, and maybe we need to back up. Maybe you've never gotten connected to Jesus. The Bible talks elsewhere in scripture about being grafted into the vine, that we need to be put into the vine of Jesus. and That comes by taking a step of faith. It comes by reaching that point of decision in your life where you say, Jesus, I've been doing this all on my own, and now I realize the futility of it all, and I don't want to be living for myself any longer because I see that this is a dead end. Jesus, I need to tap into you. Jesus, I need your life in me. So the first step is getting connected to Jesus. And maybe for you today, sitting up there at the mills or sitting in here at Oakmont, maybe even if you're listening to this on podcast, maybe you need to be the one that says, Jesus, I need you. I got to get connected to you. I need to humble myself and realize it's not about me. It's about me developing into the person, the man, the woman that you want me to be by tapping into you. Jesus, I need your life in me. I need you to give me energy, direction and purpose and meaning. You see, the whole book of John is written, as John says, so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And so the first step of remaining in the vine is getting connected to the vine by putting your faith in Jesus and realizing that the great I am, the source, the provider, the the light of the world, the bread, all of that is is there for you to be able to have the life that God wants you to have. But how do we stay connected? Well, you know, the obvious answers are, well, you've got to pray, you've got to read your Bible, you've got to go to church, you've got to join a small group. It's true. It's true. But here's the issue with that being the first answer. We know those are the answers, but why do we so easily ignore those answers? I think it's because we don't realize that we can do absolutely nothing without Jesus. Without him, you can produce nothing. And I think the problem is that we who live in a pretty comfortable society despite what everybody's saying around there these days that we who live in a comfortable society don't feel desperate enough for God we don't need the vine my life's pretty comfortable thank you very much I don't need and and I think if if all of our spiritual practices that we look at as duties, the only way to turn them from duties into delight is to realize how utterly dependent upon Jesus that we truly are for the source of our life, for direction, for meaning, and for purpose in life. And until we realize that Jesus has to be our guiding light, he has to be our north star, Jesus has to be the source of how we interpret all the world around us, we will be that independent vine. We won't remain in Christ. So, yeah, reading your Bible, going to church, joining a small group, all of those things, they will help you stay connected to Jesus But if the purpose of those things isn't to get connected to Jesus, then what's the purpose of them? We do that so that I may be more attached to Jesus because I know that my life without Jesus always will go astray, always will become, as Israel was, that reprobate vine that goes a different way. So today, we need to tap into Jesus. We need to tap into the true vine. And God's word is essential for that. How can we say we're tapping into Jesus if we don't even know what the Bible says about Jesus? And all we end up doing is making Jesus up out of our own imaginations. So we can say that Jesus wants this for me and Jesus wants that for me, but it's really what I want and I'm just putting Jesus' stamp of approval, of approval on me. you got to let Jesus be the compass for you. So we need to tap in. And you got to know Jesus by reading the Gospels, reading the New Testament, and also looking at the Old Testament as it is the original vine that God intended and Jesus fulfilled. We need to revere God in worship. Uh, you know, as I said, Friday night for me was such a refreshing time just to get there and just worship and relax and, and enjoy the presence of God. We do that every Sunday here in little bits and pieces. But you can do that on your own, too. You need to revere God with a life of worship. We need to connect with other people in authentic relationships that are going to be honest and transparent and real and, and not put on that false face. That we so easily do and just say you know what I'm desperate for Jesus because I'm human and I can't do it without Jesus I think the 12-step program is something that every believer should be a part of whether you're an addict or not because it's all about getting right and getting honest with God and doing the right thing we need relationships with one another and we need to contribute to others we need to be like Jesus and as we are contributing to others as we believe that is part of our core DNA here at Riverside, then I think we see the life of Jesus developing the fruit of Jesus. And it's only as we give it away that the fruit is most realized. So I want to pray in conclusion here. In just a few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity to go out and sign up for a small group. And, And those small groups are just a tool to help you get connected to the vine. They're not the end. They're part of the trellis to hold you up to the vine. They're, you know, they're, the, they're support structures to keep you connected to the vine. So I I'll encourage you to, get, to be a part of a small group, to be a part of doing something other than sitting here on Sunday mornings. And that's really, if you want to know what I expect of the people who come to Riverside, I expect everybody here to be involved in something other than just coming on a Sunday morning, going through the motions and walking out and not making a difference in their life. So let's, let's help people get connected to one another. Let's help people be fruitful for the Lord. So I want to pray. And those of you that are leaders that need to get out to your tables as I pray, you're free to sneak out, but don't distract people right now. Let's just bow our heads at the mills, bow our heads here, and I, I just want to pray. Jesus, right now, I know that there are people in these rooms who have become or never were connected to Jesus. And today's a day of decision for them. And they have to ask themselves, am I going to get tapped into the vine, the true vine of Jesus? Let him be my life. Let him give me meaning and purpose. Or am I going to continue to be astray? Am am I going to be like Israel was? to be that degenerate vine. Help me, Jesus. For those of th- that need to get connected, may they just do as the, as the Apostle John said, believe in Jesus, that we might have life in his name. Jesus, give me life. Let that be their prayer. Jesus, give me life. Just say that. Jesus, give me life. I want your life in me. I've been living life on my own right now for so long, and right now I need the life of Jesus in me because I realize it's not about me and I can't do anything without Jesus in me. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ now who has to live inside of me. So Jesus, come and live inside of me, I pray. And Father, I pray for, for those of us and probably all of us who want to be fruitful vines need to continuously be pruned. And so you know the areas of our lives that are not fruitful. That just take away from our fruitfulness so God we ask you with our knees knocking prune us where we need to be pruned dear Jesus help us to realize we have to be we have to be tapped into you help us to be more dependent upon you help us to lean more heavily onto you Jesus Oh, you know, we hear the criticisms. Oh, Christianity is just for weak people. No, it's for people who want to be strong because we realize how weak we are without you. Help us, Jesus, to be the fruitful people you want us to be, that we would have the impact for the glory of God that you want us to have. In Jesus' name we pray. You have been listening to the Riverside Community Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.